Welcome back to the Limited Upside Podcast. I'm Mike Prada. Ben's away, but in his place, we brought in a whole host of people to talk about the NBA draft. Jimmy Butler to the Minnesota Timberwolves. How about that? We've got Ricky O'Donnell coming in to pour his heart out. We've got Tyler Tynes. We've got Tim Cato, Christian Winfield, Whitney Medworth talking about the trade. What are the Timberwolves going to look like now? You know, what are... What's going on with Paul George? What about Dennis Smith, the Celtics, the Lakers? Just an all-around reaction for the draft. Before you do anything, though, we encourage you all to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. This is We are part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. Check out our podcast previously this week, previewing the NBA draft and just messing around thinking about free agency. You can always hit us up on Twitter at limited underscore upside. And keep listening to the show because we got free agency still left to go after this. And then before you know it, the NBA next NBA season is starting. But until then, listen to this little potpourri limited upside podcast episode coming at you right now. Okay, it's a limited upside podcast. Mike Prada here, Ben Epstein somewhere else. And it's about 10 o'clock on draft night. And this was a fun draft night, interesting draft night. We've got Ricky O'Donnell, Espionation Draft Guru, and I'm sorry, but a Bulls fan. We got Tyler Tynes, Sixers fan. We got Whitney Medworth, Pacers fan. But we got to dive right into the Jimmy Butler stuff, man. Jimmy Butler going to the Minnesota Timberwolves for Chris Dunn. Zach Levine and the number seven pick that was Lori Markinen. Ricky kind of had a little bit of a breakdown on our NBA show, our live show. Have you calmed down at all? No, I really haven't. <laughs> I mean, first of all, if I'm going to get really emotional, I love to have my feelings turned into content for the good of my company. So I am glad that we were able to do that, and the whole world got to see me get really upset about this bad Jimmy Butler trade. Here's my thing about the Jimmy Butler trade, man. It's like, it's not like I was totally opposed to the idea of trading Jimmy Butler. The Bulls were in a tough spot with him. He had two more years left under contract before he was probably going to get a $40 million per season deal for ages 30 through 35. The Bulls were going to bring back the three alphas if Butler was back, Dwayne Wade back, Rajon Rondo back, and then they wouldn't have been a very good team. So at that point, he only would have had one more year under contract. This was the time to trade him if you were going to make a move. However, the package in return for Butler ideally should have been extremely high picks, current picks, future picks, and intriguing young players. What the Bulls got instead is no future picks. They traded their 16th pick just to move up to 7. They got Zach Levine coming off a torn ACL. I always have been a Zach Levine fan. I like his game. But you got to think his value is pretty low at this point, uh, just coming off the torn ACL. And then Chris Dunn, who the Bulls loved in the draft last year, four-year point guard out of Providence, he he was a massive disappointment. Let's just be honest. Chris mm-hmm. Dunn did not show much in his rookie season with the Timberwolves. Uh, so it's just really disappointing for the Bulls because I think they got totally ripped off in this trade. Like I was okay with an idea of a Butler trade. If you could give me a premium pick back, maybe like the Nets 2018 pick, even give me like one or two future Timberwolves picks. I don't care. Right. But instead, they got none of that. They had like, to include their own 16th pick. Why right? Why not Wiggins? Why not take Wiggins, like, not take Wiggins, Wiggins? back? And honestly, that, that would have been like kind of the thing that we talked about earlier in the live show is that now you have a log jam on that wing a little bit with the fact that you have two high-volume scorers, two guys who are good two-way, two-way uh, players, not as much as Wiggins, as much as Jimmy, obviously. But Wiggins has come off a season where he scored 20, almost 24 points a game. Like It's not like this guy was a slouch. This is another top 30, top 40 player in the NBA right now. Mm. The problem, though, that this becomes is how does this fit with the identity of the Timberwolves? How does this fit with both of these guys who are kind of similar guys, even though Jimmy is the more experienced, a star version of what Wiggins is? How do you have both of them on the team, and what are you going to do moving forward? But as far as a June move, it's not the worst possible thing. 
Yeah, I, mean, star I think this forward. is great. They did get trade. a ten, top fifteen players. So. I think this is a yeah. great trade for the Timberwolves. Now, Prada, when we were on the live show earlier, you brought up the idea of potentially playing Wiggins and Butler the three and the four rather than the two and the three. Tom Thibodeau hasn't really been that flexible with his lineups up to this point. But if I'm running the Timberwolves, that's what I'm doing all day. Wiggins is playing the four. Butler's playing the three. Butler's going to be handling the ball quite a bit on offense too, because he showed a great ability to do that on the Bulls. Uh, I just think this was a no-brainer. Trade for the Wolves because like there wasn't anyone that good at seven available. I'm not very excited about Laurie Markin as the Bulls pick at number seven, uh, and then it's like done. I don't even I don't even know if he's an NBA player. Like he looked really really bad. I was high on him as a college player, so perhaps he will still be able to turn himself into a decent NBA player. But I don't think his ceiling is that high. And then Levine, good player. He has some warts coming off a bad injury. So for the Timberwolves, I think this was a no-brainer trade, dude. I mean, they just added a stud in Jimmy Butler, two cheap years under contract, too. I think it's going to teach someone like Carl Anthony Towns how to win, teach Wiggins how to win, because this team's going to make a big leap up in victories next year, I think. Uh, And yeah, I mean, the Wolves Wolves still have some work to do, there's no doubt about it, but I just think they traded basically garbage for a great player, so... So you were saying in the live show, Tyler, that you're not sure if they're that much better. And I don't know how much better they, they become. Like Obviously, like this Timberwolves team that was lacking a little bit of an identity, that was a little bit injury-prone with Zach Levine, obviously is going down. We didn't get to see the fullness of this team. But the team wasn't in a like, – I don't know if this team would have been an 8-seed team. They might have been, but I don't know if they would have been. They right? had that weird thing where they were blowing games a ton. In the third quarter. The third yeah. quarter. Yeah. Yeah. A like, lot of games in the third quarter. What was the Sixers? Which was surprising as hell. <laughs> yeah. I think they had, like, what did they have? Like, the best net rating in, like, the first quarter and the worst in the third quarter or something yeah. bizarre like that. So I don't know how far away they were. I mean, they were, I, I agree with you that there's still a lot of questions to answer about, like, how is this going to work. One thing I'm kind of curious about is, like, Jimmy, the one thing you, that people say about Jimmy is that, like, he's very intense and he, he clashes with teammates a little bit. Is that good for Carl Anthony Towns? Because Carl Anthony Towns is kind of like a I I love being the guy on this team and I want to take responsibility and it's my franchise. He embraces that. It's going to be interesting to see how those two guys mesh because they're not on the same timelines. And I actually, part of me is a little sad that I kind of wanted to see Butler play for a more a team that was already there. And now it's like it is sort of true. What is the Timberwolves' core? Around their best players, like what is that team going to be? It's inter- it's hard to envision exactly what it is. To me, it's odd for the Timberwolves because it was a, again it was a team that we didn't really know what their identity was, but it was forming and it was shaping in these next few years. Was it going to be Carl? Was it going to be Andrew Wiggins? Like who was actually going to be the star of this team? And it kind of became Carl, even though Andrew Wiggins didn't have a bad year by any stretch. Right. The next point of this now is Jimmy Butler is a person that is a very strong personality and controls a locker room. He's back with a coach that loved him, so it puts pressure on Andrew Wiggins. So we don't know how long we'll keep having Andrew Wiggins. And we now have to see if this is Carl Anthony Towns' team or if this is Jimmy Butler's team. But that decision has to be made soon, quickly, and then they have to build around whoever that piece is going to be. We don't even know how long Jimmy Butler's going to be in Minnesota. So, I mean, just from my perspective, I think Carl Towns has among the brightest futures of any NBA player. In fact... I would put him up there with Anthony Davis in terms of if you're going to start a I team, I, I would actually take Towns over Davis, which I, I don't think not, a lot of people would, but I just think you know he's a little heavier, he's got great shooting ability. Carl Towns, to me, is the picture of a franchise player. So, of course, I do think that you have to think about you know, how Butler is going to sort of impact that, but at the end of the day, I mean... Towns has been a winner for most of his life. Butler's going to help him win games. He's playing for a demanding coach in Thibodeau. There might be a little bit of an adjustment period, but I don't think Jimmy's like a jerk, really. I think that like they will be able to find some common ground. Like Butler's defining quality, I think, is his hard working, like how hard he works, I guess, is his defining quality. Uh, And I think that Towns will probably respond to that. You know, he's going to. Pull him under his Butler will pull Towns under his wing a little bit. Uh, they're going to be playing for a demanding coach and Tibbs. So I don't know. I just think that the the Wolves didn't really give up too much to get a very good player with two affordable years left on his contract and Jimmy Butler. Still, it's a slam dunk for the Wolves. Yeah. You, you get the pick, you figure it out later, right? It's still June, as, as Elena mm-hmm. had said on the live show. You can figure this out later, with, whether it's in free agency or whether it's the next year. But for now, you've now made yourself into a contender, a league pass watcher, and the Bulls, like the Wolves are still going to be fun. The Bulls on the other side, it's like, okay, at least for me, because we're a little bit different, Ricky, I want to see Chris Dunn for one more year and see if he's still hot garbage. 
That's just kind of yeah. because I still love Chris Maybe Dunn. I'm writing Chris Dunn off a little early. I did like Chris Dunn's game of Providence quite a bit. I thought he was great in the pick and roll of Providence. I thought that he could just pick the pockets of opposing ball handlers in a way that was really special in the Big East. But he just did not, he was not good last year, man. So he has a lot to prove. I definitely don't think that I'm like anointing Chris Dunn, the point guard of the future for the Bulls. To me, the Bulls have a very bad eye for point guard talent. They did it with Michael yeah. Carter Williams. They did it with Cameron Payne. I mean, they did it with Jaron Grant. Amazing. They did it with Rajon Rondo. And now they're once again, they're just doing it again, man. And it's just Chris so Dunn. odd to see that they, at pick seven, would go to Laurie Markinen, a player they didn't even talk to in the pre draft process, and skip over such noticeable talent like Malik Monk, such noticeable talent like Dennis Smith Jr., such noticeable talent at the at the end of that, you know, the end of that seven to ten slot range, even Luke Kennard to a point. Like there were Donovan Mitchell, there were players out there that would have made more sense than Laurie Markinen. Yeah, and but I now think- it's like What's the actual future for the Bulls besides, as Ricky has said so many times tonight, being big, dumb, stupid idiots? Yeah, so I mean, now, too, that the Lori Markinen, he had not heard from the Bulls at all in the pre-draft process. Yeah, and why would he? I mean, they had the 16th pick. Not yeah, it's like kind of weird. So here's the silver lining if you're a Bulls fan. Levine, potentially, I mean, he could be a starting caliber two guard. By I the think, way, the trade sure. is now official the trade as is now we official. speak. It is uh, done for sure. The press release is out. Cool. So, I mean, Jimmy Butler, his impact on the Bulls last year was so dramatic that I do think that the Bulls will be in the running for the worst team in the NBA wow. uh, with, with, without him, really, because Dwayne Wade, it's like, how much effort is Dwayne Wade going to put in this season? He's, I don't even expect him to really play. I bet he'll play like 30 games and sit out the rest of the year, collect the re- money. Do you think he's reconsidering the opt out? Well, he should just take the money. Or it's opt like, in, I cares? guess. Yeah. It's like who cares? Just give me the money. Career. Get your yeah. free money. Why not? Yeah. So, so the, the Bulls, Bulls are going to be are what you got. I just think it's amazing. I mean, you spoke about it earlier, but it's like it's not that hard to find a point guard now in this league. Like there are good point guards. They could have had a lot of good ones in free agency. You really barely even need one at this point in the NBA. <laughs> Jimmy Butler could have been the point guard. He was right. great I mean, as the point guard. But it's like okay. Obviously, you need a point guard, but it's like there's so many ways to get point guards. And in the course of 12 months, because we're talking going back to when they had Derrick Rose, they've cycled through Jerry and Grant. Then they traded for Michael Carter-Williams. Then they obviously signed Rajon Rondo. Then they traded for Cameron Payne. And now they've traded for Chris Dunn. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, you have all those guys that are on your roster. Potentially all five are on your roster now. Yeah, they love bad point guards. And I think it comes down it's to two amazing. things. It's amazing. One, it's that when the Bulls, the Bulls have a unique ability to compound their own mistakes. I think we saw that with the Doug McDermott trade. The first Doug McDermott trade, terrible trade. The Bulls traded two picks. I think it was 16 and 20 to move up a couple spots to draft McDermott. He totally flamed out. Then they made a bad McDermott trade again to send him to Oklahoma City to include a couple second-round picks, Taj Gibson, to get Cameron Payne back, who did nothing for him. Nothing. Now, he was in the D-League. Yeah, I mean, he, no, he, he's like a zero. I don't think Cameron Payne's an NBA player. He seems like a nice guy. I don't want to rip him, but I don't think he's an NBA player. It's amazing. Uh, All these in, nice guys y'all are pointing out in the NBA. In, I, I don't care if you're a nice guy. Yeah, I don't care if you're a nice guy either. Cameron Payne sucks. So <laughs> then this pick now, this trade now, this is a very bad value for the Bulls. I wasn't opposed to trading Butler in a vacuum, but this is not enough return. Yeah. And then to for your biggest prize in this package to be the seventh pick and to take Markinen, who to me was the most flawed player in the top ten, he's not going to play any defense. He doesn't rebound. He's sort of a one-trick pony in that he is a great shooter at seven feet tall with a quick release. He is a special shooter. The Bulls needed shooting. But it's like the Bulls are such idiots. They think so small all the time. You know what I mean? I want Dennis Smith with that pick. I want Malik Monk with that pick. Instead, they're taking a seven-foot shooter because Nikola Mirotic flamed out. Compounding one mistake with another mistake. It's unbelievable. So the Bulls, obviously, we know this is a dumpster fire for them. We talked a little bit about Minnesota, and that team is not complete right now because you don't bring in Jimmy Butler and and, not figure some stuff out. They can't run. I would think that they're going to now take their cap space and go after a point guard. They did lose some cap space. I think Butler makes, what, about 20-something million? I got to check. I really should be researching this. So they traded out – they took on more money, so they've cut into their cap space to get Butler, I believe. And so they have less space now to get a point guard. It looks like Ricky Rubio's on the move. I would think you need a spot-up shooter type because Butler needs the ball in his hands, yeah. and who knows about Wiggins. Uh, George Hill might make a lot of sense for them. We'll see what they do. Whitney, how fun is this team going to be to watch next year? 
right, as she chews pizza. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I can just talk. put her I on the spot on that for, for a minute. <laughs> it's d- like, so what is this team going to look like? That's yeah. what I'm kind of curious about. Well, you know what? They just need spot up shooting out of that one spot, and that, of course, is Ricky Rubio's weakness. Rubio's still a pretty good player, I think, the whole, but the whole he can't make can't a layup. Shoot. He can't. Right. It, well, Butler was a 35 percent shooter over the last two years. Like Butler's not a bad shooter. He's definitely not a non-shooter. I don't think he's. But capable he's not of like shooter. a. He has no gravity to right. him. Though, he's right. He's not. Like, people cheat off Butler. They're under screens. Yeah. They'll dare him to shoot. They call Towns him the, the best oh shooter shit in the shooters. Team. There's. He don't have any oh shit shooters. Right. Zach Levine was a no shit shooter. He became it. one. He became a he became a great rhythm set shooter. I yeah. mean, at that point, but ain't no shooters on the team. And even when they had Zach Levine, they were still. And correct me if I'm wrong. Ranking among the lower teams in the For NBA, in three point percentage. Yeah. So so how are you? Is this going to be a fun team to watch? Like, what do they do from here? I think now, like you have the expectation that they're going to be better. So like, Minnesota has been young, rising. They haven't won very many games, but you keep kind of giving them the benefit of the doubt that they're young and they're going to get it together. Now that they have Jimmy, I feel like it adds a little more pressure to them. Um, so they're going to be fun to watch. But, like, if they're not good again this year, you know, I feel I, like there's a little more pressure on them now to be absolutely. successful. And I'll say this, like, if you're Andrew Wiggins and you're coming into the your extension years coming up and you didn't fit great with Levine and you trade him, but now you acquire a guy that, I mean, Jimmy Butler is the number one perimeter He's an alpha. on that team now. He, th- he's one of the three alphas for a reason. If you're into Wiggins, Whitney, what are you thinking right today? I think, and I'm I'm going to Toronto. Yeah, I mean, and why not? Like, how much? How long does Jimmy have left on his contract? It's two years left. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Wiggins did one day end up in Toronto. A lot of those Canadian guys seem like they have a lot of hometown pride. Uh, it seems like a Toronto seems like a fan base too that would love. They would love Wiggins. We, we've been yeah. playing this uh, Wiggins back to Toronto thing since Wiggins got drafted, though. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know if Wiggins is ever going to be back in Canada. It'd be cool for, like, a storyline that journalists would enjoy and, like, local fans would enjoy. But, like, yeah. they still have DeMar DeRozan. Like, you don't need to go get Wiggins at this yeah. point if you're Toronto. DeRozan is kind of like what you want Wiggins to be. Right. I think Wiggins can get there, too. It's like, De- similarly, DeRozan was a guy who for years was a really good scorer, who uh, the more advanced stats didn't really like much. A lot of you know smart NBA people didn't think that DeRozan was as good as maybe his reputation suggested based on his points per game average. You know, Wiggins averaged 23 points a game and it should have been his senior year of college. I'm not like super high on Wiggins, but I would have taken Wiggins back in a trade if I was the Bulls. Like yeah. That would have been a decent piece you could have gotten. Absolutely. Now, I mean, better Wiggins, than Levine, I would say. I mean, we're also talking about a kid who... Scoring twenty four points a game last year, Wiggins is by by no means a, like like a knock or even an average player. Wiggins is an above average player. player in the league. He's probably a top forty player in the league. If the Bulls got Wiggins back, that's not a bad thing. At yeah, all, right? I guess like, I agree with that's that. not what we should be talking thing. about though. What we should be talking about is what where does Wiggins go from here and what does he do now? But I just think that it's like you know if I'm Wiggins. I think that you can take a lot of good things from Jimmy Butler's game. It's like Jimmy say. Butler had nothing given to him. Jimmy Butler and Andrew Wiggins could not have taken more diverging paths to get to the same place. Butler couldn't get a college scholarship out of high school. Butler had to go to JUCO. Butler was the 30th pick in the draft. Wiggins, on the other hand, was being hailed as one of the best high school prospects since LeBron. He was the first pick in the draft. McDonald's All-American, all that. So Wiggins has had a lot given to him. Butler's had nothing given to him. And I think for a long time, Andrew Wiggins came up thinking, I'm just going to be this top scorer who gets the ball and puts the ball in the basket. Well, you know what? He just hasn't been efficient enough at doing that. He needs to impact the game in other areas, similar to what Jimmy Butler does. Jimmy Butler, when he came up, he made his name on the defensive end. He made his name getting to the foul line. He made his name locking people down on the perimeter. Wiggins hasn't done that. I think that Wiggins can take a lot from Jimmy Butler, and maybe Jimmy can help him be a better player. That's a great point. I mean, he kind of gives him a little kick in the ass. I mean, do we think he's going to take that kick in the ass? And this might be really good for him. It might channel him into a great role. And like you said, they're so opposite. Like, an Andrew Wiggins with, like, a little bit more fire, like, that's a fun player, too. It is. But the, the question, the ultimate question here, and obviously it's way too early to even see this, but the writing's a little bit on the walls. The ultimate question for the Timberwolves with this trade does this make you ten to fifteen wins better? I think so. It might. It might easily. It might easily make you seven wins better. What well, they win last year, Prado? They were you know, thirty-one and fifty-one last year. They were the thirteenth team in the they'll, Western they'll Conference. They'll win forty-one easy. If they win forty-one, they'll be five hundred. They're, they're an eight or sure. nine team, right? They're an eight or nine team, and they go and play the Warriors, and that kind of gets back to my original point of 
if this is not a team, and it doesn't look like right now, it's going to be a team that wins 15 extra games. It's a five or six seat in the West. You become a seven or eight. You play the Spurs or you play the Warriors. You might get swept in the first round. There's still a lot of work to be done for the Timberwolves team, but the team will be fun. They will be better. But that's kind of the the extent of it right now. Here's the thing, though. What if Carl Towns is a top 10 player in the NBA next year? I don't think that's really a stretch. What if Carl Towns, two years from now, is a top five player, top three player in the NBA? That's going to take a lot of development from Carl Towns. I believe he's that caliber of talent. That's just my evaluation of him. Uh, so really, despite the fact that, you know, Butler is the big splashy move, to me this is still Towns' franchise. Towns is going to be the guy. Butler's strong personality might clash with that, but you know what? Towns is a freak. Look at Towns' numbers. It is second year in what should have been his junior year of college. Carl Towns is the highest ceiling of anyone in the NBA. It should be Carl Towns' team, but again... This is Jimmy Butler reuniting with Tom Thibodeau. It's and also, we don't know whose team this is going to be by the time it's October or November. If it turns into be Jimmy's team, if there is a locker room clash, if there are too many strong personalities in the room, not even accounting for Wiggins and other players, we don't know exactly. <laughs> love Siri. Yeah. We don't know exactly what this Siri, team is going to be. Siri, how many wins are the Wolves going to have next year? <laughs> yeah, so... The, other the chemistry th- thing will be a factor early, and if it get, if it can get squashed and it can be copacetic, then the team will be fun and great, and they'll probably end up being a 6-7 seed. If not, we're looking at a major problem if the Wolves don't make the playoffs I would also year. say, too, I mean, Jimmy Butler only has two years left in his deal, as to your point. Now, Whitney, how many more wins do you think they're getting? I think they're getting 10. I mean, I think Jimmy Butler's that good. I think they needed somebody like Jimmy. I think the question, as Tyler was starting to say, like, if they don't get 10 wins, that's going to be what is the issue. You know what? I want to even go higher than that, I think, than more than 10 wins. It's like, let's look in the West. The Rockets seem to be in a pretty fluid situation. The Clippers could potentially get blown up. Utah could lose uh, Hayward and George Hill. Mm-hmm. Who else that's am I missing in the West here? It's like the, the West. I don't think San Oklahoma. Antonio, San Antonio might lose the market. Oklahoma City, it's like they hit their ceiling last year. I think wins, so, too. I think. Like, yeah. So, you know what? I'll roll with, with I'll, I'll roll and... with the Wolves all day, dude. It's like, Towns could be a beast. Butler, you know what you have in him. He's a proven product. I think he could light a fire under Wiggins. Uh, they still need to make some moves, no doubt. The pieces don't fit perfectly together, but I'm rolling with Carl Towns. I'm rolling with Jimmy Butler. If you Butler. let Towns run this team, the Timberwolves could be a really dope team to watch when it comes to the middle of the season next year. If this is a chemistry problem in the first two months of the season... This Wolves team might tank, and that might be it. Yeah, at the end of the day, though, Carl Towns is 21 years old, right? 22 years old. It's like, they're fine as long as they have Carl Towns. That's my yeah. opinion. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. So it'll be really interesting to watch them play. I think we have to see what else they do before we peg them in the West because it's really a very incomplete team. We have to see what other moves they make. What are they going to do with Rubio? Uh, how are they going to fill up that bench? You know, And that's going to be real interesting. So that was the big thing that happened on draft night. Uh, the, the big thing so far, at least, that has not happened is Paul George being traded. Uh, there's talk that the Celtics could be moving him. This might I might be tempting fate by talking about this right now, and it could happen in the next 30 minutes. But let's assume that Paul George is not, is not traded on this day. Whitney, are you surprised? Yeah, I am surprised. I thought that uh, Kevin Pritchard was doing a good job of creating some chaos and getting teams talking about him and getting, you know, the Lakers thinking the Celtics are taking him, Celtics thinking the Lakers are taking him. I thought they did a good job of that. I kind of feel like now they're letting everything pass them by uh, and could potentially be running out of options because they really don't have anything to offer. Um, everybody knows Paul wants to go to the Lakers, so um, – I'm kind of concerned that they've they played a little bit too hard to get and now have are going to run out of options soon. Everybody seems to want Paul George, but nobody seems to want to give up a lot for I, Paul George. I feel George. like people think that they can still convince him um, if they're good to stay. And I would hope that Paul feels that way a little bit. You know, I hope that he isn't so set on the Lakers that you know if he goes somewhere like the Spurs that he would automatically leave. I hope he's not that crazy. Yeah, I mean, and that's why I see if I'm the Lakers, I'm surprised. I would have just gotten him now. So, what are you trading, Jordan Clarkson? I guess. Yeah, I guess the question is, is that what Indiana wants? So, so. but you're you're a Pacers fan. You said that you know you would accept I Jordan, would Clarkson Jordan Clarkson in a trade. I, I am also in the minority. I would take Kevin Love. Like, you're not getting anything better. Like, you're not getting. You're. Everybody knows Paul wants to go to the Lakers. You don't have to trade anything for him. Why not take something back? And I feel like we're at the point where, you know, they're they're not going to get anything back at this point point. and honestly if you're indie if you're not indie i'm sorry not indiana if you're los angeles to me don't go get paul george right now he's going to come to you anyway 
Wait for Paul George to come to L.A. instead of making a move and maybe blowing up your roster even more than you have to. Instead, for a player who you know probably wants to come to your franchise. But what if all you had to give up for him was like 28 and Jordan Clarkson? And then I'm not you, giving up Jordan Clarkson. Have, and then you don't have to worry about uh, George Hill and Paul George reuniting with Pop. Right. That would scare me if... Hell, as of today, Jordan Clarkson might be the best guard the Lakers got. Well, that's why I would like him for the Pacers. Um, <laughs> you know, or if he somehow connects with LeBron. Like, those are all things that I would be scared about because as much as Paul talks about winning that he wants to do, those would be winning situations. Yeah, if he, if he likes winning so much, why does he want to go to the Apparently, Lakers? Apparently, yeah. That's what he says all the time. What's we, up? Got, we got a sub coming in for a second. Sub. What's up, friends? <laughs> Hey, Tim. Hey, hey guys. The internet's Hi, Tim hi to everyone. Hi to everyone but Tyler. It's crazy that Tim Cato just walked into this podcast studio wearing a Dennis Smith Jr. Mavericks jersey. I don't know how he got it printed out so fast. Hush, hush. It was it was a custom order. Well, the Mavericks I had it ready. I actually had one with every name in the draft to be wearing. Just if I was a Mavericks fan, I'd be very excited. Dennis Smith Jr. I know is one of Tyler Tynes' boys as well. Uh, he was one of my favorite players in this draft, really. I would take Dennis Smith over Darren Fox. I said this on about... 800 different podcasts. In the I mean, the every draft. time I think about it, I really think that Dennis Smith was probably the second best point guard prospect in this draft class. And looking at the last few draft classes since we had this conversation earlier, looking at Markel Fultz being probably the best point guard prospect since a John Wall or a Kyrie Irving, Dennis Smith is up there. Like he's not Markel level, Mark, Markel Fultz level, but he's up there. He is raw. He has he has three tier scoring ability. You know what I mean? The only issue with Dennis Smith is the fact that he played for an NC State team that was extremely unstable. He's also so pretty small. I don't think he's a very good passer. He's like, I mean, he's an okay passer, passer. He's not a special passer like right. Ronzo is. I, I still think that... Okay, so, so I have two thoughts. First off, he's not small. He is, he is small by comparison to the players in this draft. And he doesn't have, well, you know, he doesn't have, like, the 6'5 measurables. But he's 6'2", he's 6'3". Six, six, he's, six, he's, he's about 6'1", 6'2". 6'2 is really generous I've, for him. I've heard 6'3". But, but the, the point is, he's, he's, not, he's not, like, sub 6 feet. Right. Like, like you know, it's, Certainly it's definitely but by... But by the standards we now judge point guards are on, you know, and, and you know, just by all the point guards that are in this draft, and you know, we're six five, six six with seven feet wingspans. He doesn't quite hit those measurables, but he, but he has average average uh, dimensions for a for a point guard, and then he makes up for it with athleticism. But what Dennis Smith does fit yeah. more than almost any other prospect in this class is the fact that he is explosive. He gets to He's the athletic. rim. Man. He gets to the rim. He like he reminds me so much of like a young Russell and a young John to the point that nothing is going to stop this boy from Vietnam from getting to the rim and doing whatever the hell he wants. He was one of the only players, if not the only player this year in college basketball, that had a triple double. Even Markel Fultz couldn't do that at Washington and he just flirted with it for almost all season. So this is a guy that you do want to try and even eventually build a franchise around, especially if he maintains the momentum for how good it looks like he's going to be. But yeah, I don't want De'Aaron Fox. I don't want Lonzo Ball. I want Dennis Smith if I'm not getting Markel Fultz. Yeah, I would take Lonzo Ball. I think Lonzo Ball is going to be a really special player well, you love in general. I do. I really believe in Lonzo. But what I was going to say about, back to Dennis Smith, since we got Tim Cato in the club right now, is that I think that the Mavericks and are this actually. Is a club. This is actually a club. <laughs> the Mavericks. I'm out of it for now. <laughs> the Mavericks are actually a really good situation for Dennis Smith because just look at the front court there. They're going to have Nerlens Noel, who sets a pick, rim runner center. At the four, you're either going to have Dirk or Harrison Barnes. If you just surround Dennis Smith with shooting in a high pick and roll, he's going to be a relentless rim attacker with explosive athleticism. Uh, I think that that's the ideal scenario for Dennis Smith. And I want to throw this out to you. Mr. Tyler Ricky Tynes, I don't think we've even seen Dennis Smith at his most explosive yet, and he might have been the most explosive guard in college basketball last year. He added added eight inches to his vertical after he tore his ACL. I'm going to tear my ACL right now. We haven't seen we haven't seen the most explosive of Dennis Smith because he just gets better and better every single year. But what we saw from this NC State front court that we had with BJ Anya and some other massive players, seven footers and really wide players, is the fact that you saw the pick and roll potential from the pick, but not really from the roll from like the big guys. But Admirals Noel, which we saw flashes of this kind of play with MCW years ago in Philly, if you're gonna actually give Nerlens a good point guard. This could be really, really, really dangerous to watch Nerlens play above the rim and watch all the different options that it's going to have, especially if Harrison Barnes becomes like a really like destructive shooter in some in some regard. Yeah, and Harrison Barnes averaged twenty a game last year for the Mavericks, correct? Which, Which is just I, a I don't lie. think a lot it's of people realize true. that. Here's the other thing too: for people who don't know as much about Dennis Smith, 
Uh, he was a consensus top five recruit in the country coming into NC State. He tore his ACL on the brink of his senior season of high school, so that sort of put him at a disadvantage right there. Uh, and to still come back in college basketball, what was it, 14 months later or whatever it was, and be one of the most explosive guards in the country, I think that that really speaks well to Smith's, you know, his, his so, everything, so, really. So, so my theory my, my theory with, um, with, with players who are bad in college or, or are on bad teams in college is that you can only really get away with it if you're a top, like the very top tier prospect? Because we've seen it consecutive years. We we saw we Ben saw, Simmons, you know, yeah, we, we saw Fultz. Ben Simmons and then Fultz do it in back to back years. But but I think I think you know if you're that level of a prospect, you can get away with it. Uh, for someone like for lo- someone like Smith, I think that actually hurt him. I, I think that if he, if he was at you know Duke, I, I think he was probably still going to be a you know the third. Or I don't. Fourth I don't pick. think it hurt him because if you just look at the track record for Dennis Smith in his college, he went nine overall. Right. If you but if you, if you look at him, a great situation though. He, right. he, man, he came the into the season as the third pick, or you know projected. He did as come into the season as the third pick, pick. but there, here's, there's a massive difference here. He came to the season as a third pick, and we didn't think Lonzo Ball was going to be as maybe a generational talent as it looks like he might be. We didn't think that Markel was going to be even better than projected as soon as he came into Washington's situation. Dennis Smith is probably, again to me, the second best point guard talent in this class, but look at the teams he played. Look at the numbers that he put up, and not even just the assist numbers, just the point barrage numbers against teams like Duke and teams up and down the ACC. The kid was magic, but... It doesn't really matter. I mean, he wasn't the best. He wasn't the best guard in the, in the draft. I mean, he's not. He's not Markel Fultz level. Oh, no, well, he's not. Now, look at he's this not, now. Tyler not. talking up Markel Fultz. Well, yeah, I got it. We talked I, entire, blame him. We got. We talked Come entirely on. too long about Dennis Smith. We have not <laughs> talked at all about the Sixers and the getting Markel Fultz. Markel Lafleur. And they make the gamble to move up and. And they I gamble mean, we, when you know it's about to be right, Prita. So, here's my question with through all this, and I keep thinking about this. If you're Boston, like, what is, what are you, what do I, what are we missing with Markel Fultz, you know, and why? It's going to be really interesting to see. I think not only did Boston not take Markel Fultz, they also passed on Josh Jackson, who a lot of people had higher. They took Jason Tatum. Now, Ricky, you think this is going to work out? Well, in a vacuum, I think that Josh Jackson is better than Jason Tatum. I would take Josh Jackson or Jason Tatum, you know, for almost every other team but the Celtics. Uh, and I do want to dispute your point right there, Prado. Just, a bit no, because I would I would have taken Markel <laughs> Fultz. Like Fultz to me was head and shoulders the best player in the class. I did not think that was a good trade for the Celtics. To be I clear. will always love Danny Ainge with, for the with that being said. I do reader. think Tatum is in a position to succeed going to Boston because Tatum. The one knock on him is that he doesn't really share the ball. He's kind of a ball stopper. That's not going to fly into Brad Stevens' offense. He's going to be able to. Uh, go into a team environment where he's not going to be asked to take 17 shots a game as a rookie. Instead, he's going to have to play a role. He's long term. He's going to be paired next to Jalen Brown, who's like the more athletic defensive complement. Tatum's the pure scorer. So I think Tatum to Boston makes a lot of sense on a number of levels. Uh, if I'm a Celtics fan, though, I still wouldn't like that trade. I want Markel Fultz, man. I think Fultz is going to be one of the I best guys in the league. I think upside wise, at least looking at Boston's situation, is that there maybe. Have, there maybe were two or three players that had more potential than Jason Tatum, and that was Josh Jackson, maybe Dennis Smith, depending on who you were asking. Lonzo, and then, and then Markel Fultz and Lonzo, like those those two to three, four players. You know, what I mean, and maybe another player here and they're like Malik Monk, but. It, it's just a bad trade for Boston situation. Isaiah Thomas is getting old. You don't. You never know when you need another backup point guard. You can't really rely on Marcus Smart to be the, the centerpiece point guard for this team, regardless of how defensive-oriented they are. Go get the best point guard prospect we've seen in a long-ass time. How, how about this, But at though? the same time, thanks for not doing it, Boston, right. because <laughs> the process has been trusted, and we're ready to go. Right. Right. So how about I, wa- the, how- I want to get the other perspective. Tim, I know you feel that Boston, what they did made sense. There's an argument that this can work out. They did get another pick, and they must believe that the Fultz versus Tatum isn't that different. What is the positive case for Boston here so that we're not all the way in on them making a mistake? So so Fultz versus Tatum is very clear. Fultz is way better. I love Fultz. You know, that that is my dude, and I'm so excited to see him with the Sixers. That said, I, I think Boston Boston really didn't make their decision by uh, by by prospects or, or by looking just at who you know was was on the board, but but they did it more by philosophy. And I, I believe their philosophy right now is that they have they have a team that's first overall in the Eastern Conference. You know, they 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 had a team that went to the uh, to to the Eastern Conference Finals. What more can improve the team 
except someone who's a generational talent. And I'm pretty sure that they, they looked at Fultz and they said, this guy's going to be really good. He's not going to be a generational talent. He's not going to be the best player on a championship team. They said and they hated his workout. I, they said I, that was a deciding factor, which yeah. is even more dumb. And, and that, well, I, I mean, that's what they said. Exactly. That's what they said. His workout for the Sixers wasn't great. That doesn't and, mean the Sixers aren't going to take him at one. Yeah, but that's no, what they no, said. So, so, so hear me out. So, so hear me out. So if you're already the, you know, quote-unquote best team in the Eastern Conference, they're not. The, the Cavaliers are better, clearly. But but you know if if you're pretty much one of the top four teams in the in the in the in the NBA and, and the one thing you can't do is get past the Cavaliers because they have LeBron James how are you going to beat them except unless you get a generational talent you know on the you know maybe not on LeBron James level because nobody's on his level but you know if if you go out and get someone who you think is is franchise changing and and to them Fultz wasn't quite that guy so instead of saying we're just going to hope that he's he's better than we think and, and they think he's going to be really good but but they, they don't think he's going to be you know top five player good you know let's let's just refresh let's trade a couple picks down we're going to add another asset for uh for the next season um and, and then you know maybe they go after anthony davis or, or someone right. like that See, to I, me that makes more sense right, than, right, right. than anything else is that okay let's Fultz is not a generational talent we'll see if they're right about that what they now have is another chance to get that with that additional pick. Yeah. They've got more bushels to throw in case there is another star like Davis that comes on the market. And it would have to be a star like Davis, like on that level. Like right. And not, I, see, I think that the – I mean, look, if they could have gotten Paul George for very little, then great. But if and it not, looks like they still might. And then yeah. they still might. And yeah. But if not, they're playing for 2022. And I guess – the logic is that if they can get more bites at this apple, I like what they have on the team right now, like Isaiah getting older, like I really don't think that matters to them. I think the way they're looking at it is that in a few years we'll one of these picks might turn out to be something. And then if not, we can trade them all for someone. And you know, what's the point of competing now while LeBron's in the conference? But Ricky, you had something you wanted yeah, to Yeah, well out. I'm just thinking too, like Theoretically, they could have the second pick and the first pick in next year's draft, in 2018 draft. So if you're adding Jason Tatum to, like, Luka Doncic and Michael Porter Jr., I mean, just imagine the wealth of young talent they potentially get. I mean, those are, like, high-impact-level guys who potentially they could get. Or in 2019, you're talking about a guy like Marvin Bagley Jr., who's currently the best high school player in the country, who, to me— I mean, if he was in this draft, I would probably take Marvin Bagley three, two, three. I mean, he's that talented of a player. Would you player. take him over Fultz? I would not take Marvin Bagley over Fultz. Which but, is kind of the point. <laughs> but, I, but I mean, right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I mean, I mean what that's if the they other get, thing, too. But, yeah. you know, now they're going to have that still Nets pick an 18 that's unprotected. Uh, I mean, I, I would have taken Fultz. I'm just sort of defending him a little bit in terms of, like, they want to add high, high, high picks, yeah. premium picks. That's how you get stars. Uh so I, I don't want to criticize the Celtics too much, but I mean, if it was me, if I was a Celtics fan, man, just give me faults. I mean, I would way. criticize the Celtics for this point. You leveraged what could have been a future player for assets, and that only works but so many times down the line when I you're trying to that. compete, right? Eventually, you have to play some goddamn basketball. I agree. Says so, the guy who's a Sixers. Fan. I mean, says the guy who is. <laughs> says the guy who's a Sixers fan. But the thing is, like, <laughs> but we, at least the Sixers did it this year. The Sixers did it this year. And the other side of that too is that the Sixers have stockpiled cap money for so damn long, stockpiled assets for so damn long, and inch by inch by inch, they've let some of these guys play. Like, yes, we were absolutely horrible the last few years, but we saw flash from Nerlens Noel and that was fun. We saw flash for MCW for like all of three weeks and that was fun. <laughs> we saw Joel Embiid light a city on fire for almost 30 games and that changed how we saw basketball. So, I mean, yes, you have to, you know, ink out some of these things piece by piece by piece by piece. But now with the Sixers, this was a three to four year kind of thing. It's now basically at the end of it with maybe a few free agent picks. And Markel Fultz is a Sixer. We didn't expect that not even a week or two ago. Markel Fultz is a sixer. That's the best possible thing that you can get if you're a Philadelphia fan looking for the future because immediately Philly becomes a playoff team. Like Philly becomes maybe an eight or seven seed in the in the East, especially with the Bulls flaming out. We got a we got another special guest on. Uh Christian Winfield. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? How happy are you that Chris Porzingis is still a Nick? Oh, I'm ecstatic. I'm excited. I didn't think he was going to get traded for to begin with. I was mapping out best case scenarios. That's actually what I did all yesterday night. I actually couldn't go to sleep, but uh, I didn't think he was going anywhere. Phil would have lost his mind if he actually traded him. So, I think we're good. So you're good. You get Frank 
Keelit French Frank, as Ricky would call him. French uh, Frank. French Frank is 18 years old. Things gonna take some time, but I think he has a really a lot of like really really good defensive potential. Really long arms. Um, he can actually shoot the ball a little bit. Can handle it. If we're gonna build around the triangle, might as well get someone who fits, and he makes a lot of sense. So I'm cool with it. Twitter seems cool with it. So let's just see how it goes. I mean, so the, the Twitter also Twitter never gonna trade Twitter him. also loves watching the Knicks be trash. So. Twitter, Twitter Twitter has varying takes on the so, Knicks. So. All right. So after all this, if they're not gonna trade Porzingis, and will who knows how close they were. Who knows if they got a good offer? Who knows if this was just? I don't think. I think it was just a ploy. I think Phil was upset about the exit and he was just dangling this in Chris Stapp's face, like, "Hey, we can trade you if you want to, so fall in line." And uh, I think message received. Honestly, it's like, "All right, cool, stop playing." Are really gonna have to repair their relationship with Chris Stapp, especially if you view Chris Stapp as the cornerstone player. Yeah, they probably upset him a lot just to get to this point. Now, after the last two days, you have to think that that. Uh, relationship is damaged. I don't want to say beyond repair because I think if Phil Jackson left, it probably would repair a bit. Uh, but as long as Phil Jackson's around, it's going to be hard to see Chris Stapps Porzingis in the next. But if I'm Chris Stapps, I'm finna swing on Phil when I see him. Like, you're not about to do that to me and my name and my family. Like I'm finna swing on you first that's on sight. Like yeah. as a fact, like you don't don't play with my money like that, dog. That like, I don't do fact. nothing like that. I will well, swing on you on sight. That is a like, fact. We can't do nothing like. You might that. have to do like the virtual swing from Lafayette. <laughs> be super far away. So uh, the thing that's interesting to me with Chris Stapps remains, and I talked about this last pod it's like if he wants to get eventually that designated player max down the road he's got to get out there before his rookie contract is up so if he if they were never close to trading him and it doesn't sound like they really were what was the point of all this and how did if you're Nick Phil Jackson's an idiot man he does things (laughs) he doesn't understand 2017 he doesn't understand anything and it's it's just Phil stuff man once he gave Joakim Noah 72 million I understood how how inept he was so it's just like you know what we're just gonna ride it out And then James Dolan went ahead and extended his contract. It's just like from the top up, everything above Jeff Hornacek is just trash. It's really bad. If you keep it 100, like a lot of like a lot of this is really confusing for the average fan, like even for the Knicks fan. What what is your organization doing? We don't. I, I think I said this last time. It's like you know, an organization is technically organized. We don't. We don't, we don't have that. Like, we, we don't have that. It's just. It's just. Uh, I don't even know what to call it. It's just the Knicks, but it's something completely different. The we New need. York we need Sam Hinkie. Honestly, we need Sam Hinkie up in there. It's, yeah. So the Knicks do that. Uh, we talked about the Mavs. We talked about Philly. We talked about Boston. You guys got Dennis Smith, man. Yeah. So we already talked about that. That's good stuff. <laughs> well, let me. Let me. Let me ask this. Like let's let's be realistic about this, Real right? Excited, let's be actually realistic about this. How much better if everybody stays healthy? How much better are the Sixers as an actual core? They still got a bunch of cap room and a bunch of, a bunch of money to throw around in free agency if they want to. They add one, they add a guard or maybe even a swing man, like a, a notable piece. How much better do the Sixers become? What do you consider healthy? So, like, are you saying I consider that, that Joel Embiid plays half the season at minimum. Okay. I consider that Ben Simmons plays 60 games at minimum. Okay. I consider that Markel Fultz plays 72 games at minimum. Are you talking about next year? How I'm talking about better? next year, how much better. That's a tall Sixers order, play? man. Well, so I, mean, you, I think they can make the playoffs. The Bulls are out. Oh, so the Bulls are, playoffs? I mean, first of all, Embiid, if Embiid <laughs> is in the mix, Embiid is one of those guys who would be, I think— Top fifteen player oh, in the league. I mean, oh, impact was significant. And no, that's real. Defensive impact you, alone was gigantic. In his offensive skill set was just so advanced for someone with such little playing time. You got to think the dude's barely even played the sport. I mean, he for, grew up as for, a volleyball for a player. team that, mind you, for a team that barely kept all of its players on the floor. Dario Sarge included. They won. I, I was impressed. They yeah. basically won thirty games. And that's no Gerald Henderson, Remind no Jared Bayless. Forty-one wins to get into the playoffs. Like yeah, yeah like, and I, I don't think it's crazy. In Fultz, not a high bar. Nah. You got two number one picks debuting. I mean, Simmons is a really talented player. I'm not the biggest Ben Simmons fan because I think that he is just like him, just having him alone in the starting lineup means you're going to have fit problems unless you really construct a team around him. Fultz and Simmons, I mean, they both really need the ball in their hands. But you know what? Fultz is going to be an immediate, massive upgrade at point guard. I think Fultz will potentially be a top 15 point guard as a rookie. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll be tough. So. Will they get to 41 wins? I don't know. I just, I think Will that they get close? They definitely will if everybody stays healthy. And if your lineup yeah. is something along the lines of Fultz, Robert Covington, Dario Saric, Ben Simmons, and Joel Embiid, that is a very good core With to Bayless start. and Henderson I, coming I, off the bench? The that ain't bad. A little bit. They, I don't know who they're going to get in free agency. You know, they, you Someone's going to go there. I would go there if I had some type of I talent. Would, 
I think it's going to take a lot of time. You've got three players who are very different types of players and Fultz, Simmons, and Embiid that need some time to figure out how to play together. It's going to be a coaching challenge to figure out when you play them at what point. At where does charge fit in is a question. You know, they it I, it's hard to say until we see what veterans they may get in free agency. Right. But to me, I think playoffs is probably aiming a little high for them. I think I, what they need I, is to get some time where they get some good momentum, get those guys on the floor, shoot for thirty five wins and upside, and go from there. Like I, 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 I'm not sure the playoffs is exactly, you know, what they should be aiming so for. So here's my one thing with the Sixers I think is kind of a bummer. Like, they still have too many big men. Like, ideally... Yeah. By the way, Jaleel Okafor's still on the team. Yeah, he made it. Ideally, I think, you know, for sure, Saric is a four. Instead, they're probably going to have yeah. to play him at the three. Ideally, I think Covington's a four, too. I mean, if you were to go to another team, I would play him at the four, not the three. They still have no two. They still have no three. So that, that's where, you know, their free agent Send JJ uh, money... Send JJ I mean, if to they Philly. had JJ Redick, that'd be pretty that would be good. Really, I, guess. I mean, and, and looking like at some years. of looking at some of the Sixers lineups, like it's not an extremely hard conceivable thing for me for these two things. One, that you play Roko at the two because you have an extremely long team now. I mean, it's a ridiculously a team. long yeah. team now. You can play Roko at two or three if you really want to. He's going to be great defensively anywhere along that wing. Or put Ricky Foltz, in the game. He's doing these stretches right Foltz now. Foltz doesn't necessarily need <laughs> to pockets. bring the ball up the floor. <laughs> We've seen at Washington that Foltz can play off the ball. You can run screens for him and mm-hmm. run elevated screens for him, mm-hmm. and he's going to be a great spot-up shooter That's in rhythm, point. both feet on the ground. So it doesn't really matter if you have Foltz as your primary point guard. When you're doing rotations, however, and you're pulling Ben Simmons out, you do need to let Fultz be the primary guard in some other setups. Yeah. I think 35 to 38 wins can be realistic if I everybody agree. stays healthy for the Sixers. I, think that can I make also the think if you, great some, if you get some momentum for this team, if they figure out the chemistry, if they get some good free agents... Philly can find their way into a six to eight seed. Yeah, yeah. I just think that's this is gonna take a little while for all these I, kinks to work out. I believe in Joel Embiid though, man. Joel yeah. Embiid. I believe in a process. I yeah. want I want Towns, I want Embiid. Those are the two dudes <laughs> who if they could stay healthy, those are the guys I want to build yeah. around in today's NBA. I think right. another this is such a weird fit, but <laughs> yeah. I, I'm he's he's so talented. You you got I'm make excited work. to watch him. I just kind of yeah. don't really know what to expect. All right, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I think really 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 quickly, I think another thing that we're not looking at is the Bulls are not making the playoffs, the Pacers are not making the playoffs. So that's the East kind of got weaker at this point unless you count the Hornets as getting better with <laughs> Dwight Howard somehow over the last 15 years well, what about Miami like, I mean if Miami will make so yeah, who is Miami who is Miami going to get right now I mean if, get, Miami? if Miami gets Blake Gordon Griffin. Hayward or Blake Griffin I think they're very much in there and Miami is you and know, even if they don't they're in there honestly I would think so too I think you have to worry oh, no. about, about them you know, Charlotte's Detroit, I think, could easily bounce back. Uh, I don't know. Until Charlotte, until, until, until Detroit though, moves on from Reggie none Jackson. None of those teams have a player who's nearly as good as Joel Embiid. Yeah, but I mean, again, most let's of, see most how of the long teams in the league the don't floor, have a player right? as good as Joel. Oh so, my goodness! Here I, we go. I think it, it'll be interesting to see. Like, I'm going to be really excited to watch him. It's a great intellectual experiment. I just think it might take, take a while. All right, before we wrap this thing up, um, we've talked about. Butler in Minnesota. We've talked about Philly. We've talked about Dennis Smith way more than I would have talked about if I had controlled the podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we talked about the Sixers. We talked about Boston. Whatever for each of you. Let's all go around. Tyler, Tim, Ricky, Christian, and if Whitney wants to jump in from out of outside, she can. What's the one other thing that you found interesting? Real quick, let's start. Christian, what else is is a big takeaway from tonight? Um, I thought the Kings did something good. Finally, they got uh, they got De'Aaron Fox, and at ten, who they get? Uh, or they got fifteen. At, they got Justin Jackson at fifteen too. Uh, I forgot who they got at twenty, but Harry Giles. Harry Giles. If he somehow, you know, if his ACLs are, are intact, he's good too. You know, I think this was a really really good draft for them. I think they're winners today, honestly, for a change because they seem to mess everything up and finally do something good. Go Nets. So, as the saddest person in the room because of the Jimmy Butler trade, if you will forgive me for a second, I'm going to pat myself on the back because my mock draft <laughs> was pretty accurate. I think I got the first nine picks right. Really? really? I got a nine. bunch of picks. Nice job. And I only missed it at ten because there was a trade, which was also seven. Zach Collins. When I, well, I had right. Mark yeah, and yeah, yeah. seven. Uh, but so then to me, if you're asking, like, what's the big takeaway, I didn't see Malik Monk falling to 11. So mm. I'm going to say Malik Monk, Kemba Walker – yeah, they got some holes in their game, but you know what? I love watching both those dudes play basketball. That's going to be super fun, watching a Malik Monk, Kemba Walker backcourt. And they can just throw Hornets it up to Dwight back, Howard. Dude. This is the coolest the Hornets have been in a long time. Yeah. Hornets back. All right, They're going to uh, find Tim, a way. Tim, what's your big takeaway that we haven't talked about yet? Hornets really cool. 
That's no. Now they're <laughs> Campbell and Monk. Campbell Monk. Welcome back to Buzz City, man. Maybe they didn't trade for Dwight. They traded for Dwight Howard. That cancels out everything. Dwight Howard shooting threes now, guys. Uh, like. I like. I like that. Uh, it had the this NBA draft had the most one and dones ever taken in a first round, um, which just means we're about to get thirty D League teams. What? Put your mic a little closer. Oh well, I can also do that. Um, we're we're about to get thirty D League teams and. I'm uh, I'm very excited for one and dones to not be a thing because we're just letting players go straight to the uh, to the D League or G League whatever. That's awesome. Now. That is Wait, pretty cool. What's your big takeaway? Um, two of my favorite players, OG and Harry Giles, both are injury dudes. Both got drafted, and um, OG is bringing back the short short uh, short shorts movement. And he said tonight in the draft that he was going to continue to do that. So. Um, he also he it. also answered all of his pre-draft questions with three or less words, which was pretty awesome. Like, I you know, like that three kid. three or fewer three or fewer words. Excuse me. Three three or fewer. fewer yes, you Cardinal guys have sin. Been writing too much tonight. Cardinal yeah. sin. I get it. Uh, Tyler, your big takeaway that we haven't talked about yet. I think the steal of the night was honestly the the Hornets. I mean, I can't really say it enough. Man, you know, man, like, man. Did, listen, we talked about the Hornets, Listen, dude. this is not my fault, man. Like, <laughs> Michael Jordan is super, super, super trash bags, but he kind of got out of his own way and finally drafted a player that is worth all of its salt. I mean, Malik Monk was one of my favorite players this year. Malik Monk was one of my favorite players in the draft, and I think Malik Monk will be a steal and will not just be a spot-up shooter. He will be one of the best players in this draft. So it's going to be a fun-ass backcourt watching – a, a really a much better Kemba Walker and now Malik Monk like a very fast very quick very young backcourt that's gonna be super fucking dope a lot, yeah. a lot of you with my takes <laughs> <laughs> Monk kind of reminds me of Jamal Crawford and if he turns into anything like that they could be a lot of fun Monta Ellis mm-hmm. oh that would be good jump shot, I think that would probably be good I, I'll say two things I think Suns Josh Jackson at four terrific pick it worked out really well for them uh-huh. he's exactly what they need and the other thing is I think the other big winner of the night is the Lakers they get Lonzo Ball, and as of now, Paul George has not been traded. They get Eddie, get every day we get closer to next year's free agency, and he's still on the Pacers is a good sign for the Lakers. They don't lose him to anywhere else, and they get Lonzo Ball, and they still have their guys, and they can trade for George later. To me, big winners are the Lakers, big winners are the Suns for Josh Jackson. I'm really excited to watch those two teams play and see how this all plays out. But anyway... Ben just wanted to text in to let Ricky know that he feels really bad for him with that <laughs> trade. Uh, I need a sports hug. We will give you the sports hug, listeners. I gave give you us an a... actual hug earlier. Yeah, <laughs> I did too. Yeah, I think it will it'll be a very sporty hug. Ricky's face was so red talking about you that. You made me so happy man. watching how mad Ricky was. <laughs> it was so red. Man. It made me so damn happy. The Bulls will never be good, man. I don't know what else to say. It's over. They're going to be bad forever. If it makes you feel any better, the Sixers are, though. Oh. Okay. Anyway, uh, listen, if you want to see Ricky be really pissed off in the flesh, you watch the replay of our live draft show on Facebook.com slash SB Nation. Slash SB Nation. We'll be back later next week because, by the way, free agency is coming up soon. Y'all aren't out of the woods yet. There's a lot more left to go. But until next time, this is the Limited Upside Podcast. Limited. I'm cutting that out.